Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Today on the podcast, we'll be discussing an article that I just posted on the Dynasty Freaks website related to seven rookies that I'm higher on uh, the most experts. So I spent the last few weeks looking at film and creating my super early uh, rookie rankings. And this week, I finally compared my rankings to others. So I did all the work privately by myself before actually comparing to anyone else. And then uh, this week, I actually compared myself to the Dynasty League football website, DLF, uh, just to see how my rankings compared to their rankings. Um, I really like going to the DLF site because they have five experts that do the rookie rankings and you get the composite scores of uh, rankings of all of their experts. And so I noticed the differences that I had between them. And so today's podcast, I'll talk about seven players that I ranked higher than the consensus uh, DLF experts. Um, if you want to see my full rookie rankings, of course, go to the rookie uh, uh, rookie uh, website or rookie page rather on our website. Of course, our, our rankings are going to change drastically after the combine and then again after the draft. But this is one of the ways that we can get better as dynasty owners is actually create your own rankings and decide how you're ranking players before the combine. End up saving that version of your rankings, then re-rank after the combine because that's going to be a big turning point and notice the differences that you have. And then save that, uh, save that set of rankings. And then again, of course, the ultimate change happens after they're drafted by their NFL teams and then the rankings shake up a bit. One of the things I like to do is I like to have a preset set of rankings before the combine, after the combine, then after the NFL draft, so I can really weigh uh, both what I thought of players before, or just on film, then really what I thought about players after we know a little bit more about their um, tangible testing, and then ultimately what we think of their situation, because all of those actually are ways that we evaluate players. So this is mostly just based on film. Uh, given that they haven't gone to the combine and of course they haven't been drafted by their teams and so here's some of the players that uh, I'm going to list seven here that I'm higher I ranked much higher than I noticed that they ranked them over at DLF hope it gives you a chance to think about some players you might be considering as you make your rankings so let's start with number one uh, number one is Damian Harris there was an eight spot ranking difference so I have him as my number one player overall while DLF has him ranked as their number nine player overall and as far as running backs, I have him listed as my number one running back while they have him listed as their number four running back. Um, I get why everyone's suddenly like super high on Josh Jacobs, right? Because he's a great prospect too. He really is. But I don't see why it seems like almost everyone now has Jacob ranked higher than Harris when Harris outperformed him every year that they were at Alabama together. So I, I just don't get that. I know people see Jacobs as, as a better receiver, but they don't realize that Harris actually caught just as many balls as he did at Alabama. Now, Jacobs had more explosive receptions, like he caught the ball further downfield, but it's not like Harris can't catch. He's had almost exactly the same number of catches, 48, that, um, that Jacobs had while they were both on the same team together. I just think he's going to be a much better three-down back than Jacobs, um, and I see him, honestly, as the best running back available in the draft. I happen to prefer like weightier, thicker built running backs, and Harris really fits that mold. I really see him as fast and powerful, elusive. 
I love that he's actually a great between-the-tackles runner, and I believe that's something that's more needed in the NFL and college. And one of the ways that I really value uh, running backs or evaluate running backs is what do they do between the tackles? Are there yards coming in these kind of zone read plays that um, – you know, kind of split and running people outside and just giant holes. But I love it that I feel like uh, Harris is a great um, in the middle of traffic runner. Like he can run between tackles and elude people and run over guys. Um, the fact that he played all four years at Alabama, which which brings in the most four and five star recruits in the country to compete for playing time, really says something about um, how he was able to beat all those guys out. Um, I'm not worried about the fact that he's had 477 carries. Um, and, you know, some people think because of that he may be worn down. But to me, that's just a sign of strength. It shows that he can be a 200-plus carry back in the NFL. Um, ultimately, uh, this feels a lot like the difference last year between Chubb and Michelle. If you remember, a lot of people were, were a little bit higher on Michelle because of what Michelle kind of flashed at the end of, the, of last year. Uh, but all the while, last year, I was saying that Chubb is a more prototypical back. He's that thicker, weightier, between-the-tackles, NFL running style type of running back. And I believe that I was right last year on those two, even though they both, of course, did great in their rookie years. Um, I believe I'll be right this year, too. And I have no problem putting Damian Harris um, as my number one prospect overall. I know that he'll fall to me in, in my first round of my drafts if people keep ranking him lower like DLF has. So I'll be happy about that. Second player that I have uh, ranked, and this is actually my biggest difference, is Miles Sanders, uh, running back from Penn State. There's a 12-spot difference in the way that I rank them in DLF. I have him ranked as my number five player overall, while DLF has him ranked as their number 17 player overall. As far as running backs, I have him as my number two rookie running back, while they have him as their number 11 ranked uh, rookie running back. So here's the deal. like it's, it's very hard to get playing time when you're playing behind Saquon Barkley, right? Obviously. So that's the only reason why we've not seen more of this powerful running back in Miles Sanders. Uh, when he finally got his chance this year to start, he played incredibly well. He ran the ball 220 times for 1,274 yards. He also caught 24 passes. I really think that he can easily be a 200 uh, carry back, three down back in the NFL, just like Damian Harris. Uh, he has that more prototypical NFL running back build that I like. That means a lot to me. He runs tough. The uh, thing I love about him and his style is that he runs with a real low center of gravity. And it's fantastic at like contact balance, keeping his balance, kind of uh, like in the Kareem Hunt mode as far as uh, the way that he can hit people, bounce off guys, and maintain his balance in the center of gravity. I think people still don't see it, you know, when they're watching the film for him because they, they still have visions of Barkley, and no one's going to compare to Barkley. So even when you're watching Penn State, maybe we need a few years to get removed before we can't compare him to Barkley. And it's just not fair to compare people to Barkley. Uh, but if they continue to do so, um, I'll, I'll take advantage of it. I don't know why others don't um, can't get past it and just evaluate him by himself. I assume that I'm going to be getting a lot of Miles Sanders because I'm way higher in him um, than anyone else that I've seen thus far. Third guy that I'm higher on than uh, DLF folks is Debo Samuel. There's an eight-spot difference in our rankings. I have him ranked as the number seven player overall, while DLF has him ranked as number 15. As far as receivers, I have him ranked as the number five rookie wide receiver, while they have him ranked as the number eight rookie wide receiver. Uh, the thing I love about Debo is he's a do-it-all wide receiver. Like He can play inside. He can play outside. He's the best blocker of all this draft class. He's a great runner after the catch, and he's excellent return man in special teams. Uh, plus, he shined in the most important games of the year when he was playing the best cornerbacks of the year. That's when he played his best. And I believe that's really because one of the things that shines for him is he's just such a competitor. Like, he likes to compete and fight against the best of the best. Um, I think he's a guy with a super high floor. 
Like I think he's going to make an impact on an NFL team for sure. A really high floor. Um, he's already a standout in the Senior Bowl. We do have a little one more piece of data because he did go to the Senior Bowl. Um, it was in practices more than the game itself, so you would have had to follow practice reports to see how everyone was saying he was just beating everyone. He didn't play as well in the game, but in practices he was dominating uh, everyone that he played against. And so because I think he's super safe, I'll gladly draft him in the first round. If, if people continue to rank him outside of their top 12, like, like it seems like they're doing at DLF, um, I'll probably have a lot of Debo Samuel myself. Next player that I have higher ranked than uh, DLF is Elijah Holyfield. I have a seven-spot difference um, on him. I have him ranked number eight player overall, while DLF has him ranked as the number 15 player overall. Um, I have him as my number three rookie running back, while they have him as their number seven uh, rookie running back. Holyfield kind of had the same trouble that Miles Sanders had with Barkley, right? Holyfield was buried in the depth chart behind Chubb and Michelle for several years, so we haven't had enough data points really to to judge him completely. But when he did get a chance this year, even though he split time and he uh, did take advantage of it by carrying the ball 159 times for 1,018 yards, he did have seven touchdowns. When I look at the film, the thing I like about him is that he's really shifty between the tackles. He has great jump cuts and he's super explosive. Like he can get to top speed really quickly. Like when he's decisive and he makes a move, um, it's really quick. I'm higher on him the most because I think he's actually really gonna shine in the combine. And so I think that's when his value is really going to rise. Um, I'll be honest to say that there are a couple red flags to me. Um, he seems to like to bounce things outside all too uh, all too often, and he hardly ever catches passes. And so that that's definitely a red flag. Um, if he does surprise me by not doing well in the combine, uh, then I'll likely move him down quite a bit. Uh, but as of right now, he's kind of like a wait and see guy uh, for me right now. Next guy that I'm higher on than DLF is uh, Riley Ridley, the receiver from Georgia. We have an eight spot difference in our rankings. Um, I have him ranked as the number 13 player overall, while DLF has him ranked as the number 21 player overall. As for receivers, I have him ranked as my number seven wide receiver, while they have him ranked as their number nine wide receiver. Uh, Ridley's likely going to be one of the most divisive players of of this whole rookie class. Um, He doesn't have incredible stats. That's That's what's wild. If you look, he just didn't, you know just pile up the receptions or pile up the yards at Georgia. Uh, he did have nine touchdowns last year, which is which is super good. But overall, stat-wise, stat he's not the guy you're going to look to to say he ever had like some year of domination. But my assessment of him is based purely on the way that he wins. Um, I really feel like he's the maybe the best technician of this class. Uh, he wins by running um, great routes. He wins by finding great spots and zones. Uh, he wins really by beating guys off the ball in his first few steps. He's really great at that. That's why he had so many touchdown catches. Like he would, on the goal line, they would go to him a lot because he would just make the, the first quick step and get inside or get outside of a guy and the ball would just be right on him. He's also great at high-pointing the balls and he's great at like using his body. He's got great body positioning to be able to grab balls and uh, win when it's kind of a man-to-man kind of situation. Um, he's another guy that I believe has a really high floor. I don't see him becoming like a number one wide receiver for an NFL team, but he could be a solid number two. Um, I think he's uh, just really safe, and so I think he's a safe second-round pick in our rookie drafts. Next guy that I'm higher on um, is is Keyshawn Johnson um, from Fresno State. I have an eight-spot ranking difference from DLF. I have him ranked as my number 28 uh, rookie overall, while they have him as their number 36 rookie overall. I have him as my number 11 wide receiver well, they have him as their number 14 wide receiver. Then um, actually being from Fresno State, he didn't play against the best competition, but he did dominate the teams that he did play. Uh, he had a 1,000 yards receiving in each of his last two years. 
Uh, his senior year, he had 95 catches for 1,340 yards. That's domination. Um, he's great at tracking deep balls, but he also does a really good job working over the middle and that's just running great out routes, just real crisp routes to, to get open and find spots and zones and to beat guys man on man just based on his route running. He's really the prototypical size and frame to be a wide receiver in the one, uh, number one wide receiver on an NFL team. Um, he's a great guy to take a chance on early. So I think it, I'll be trying to grab him in the third round of rookie drafts. If other people have him ranked 36, kind of the back end of the third, uh, third round, I would actually have him at the very top of the, of the third round in the first few picks as I rank him at number 28. Um, he's a great guy to take a chance on and uh, has the, definitely has a possibility. He has a higher uh, ceiling than he has floor. Last guy that we'll talk about today that had a difference between DLF was Andy Isabella. We have a nine-spot uh, difference ranking in, in my rankings. I have him ranked as the number 35 player overall, while DLF has him ranked as the number 44 player overall. Um, I have him as my number 15 ranked rookie, rookie wide receiver. Um, no, he's not uh, Chewbacca. He's not a rookie. He's a rookie. Uh, while they have him, uh, so I have him as their number 15 rookie wide receiver. They have him as the number 20 uh, rookie wide receiver. Um, Isabella's career stats are, are totally ridiculous, like really ridiculous. His senior year alone is better than the career stats of many of the guys that are coming out this year. Really, like just one year alone. Last year, he caught 102 passes for 1,698 yards. So he led the nation in receiving yards. Uh, UMass, of course, does not play against the toughest teams in the nation, but you just can't argue with his production. Um, he's going to be a fantastic slot wide receiver, special teams player in the NFL. Um, he's like, as he wins by kind of being a quick twitch guy, he's real savvy. Um, he's making you miss. Like he makes guys miss all the time when he gets the ball in his hands. He's making guys look silly. Um, he's that kind of prospect. Um, I think he's going to destroy the combine, totally destroy it. His 40-yard dash, his three-cone sh uh, shuttle drills are probably going to be the best of this class. Um, but the fact is just that his size and the type of player that he's going to be, I don't think that he'll ever, ever be like a truly dominant uh, dynasty uh, player for us. But I think he could be a really steady wide receiver number three. So I think he's going to be the type of player that actually helps his NFL team more than he helps our dynasty teams. But that said, he'd still be a really safe guy to grab in the third round, which is why I have him ranked at number 35, kind of the back end of the third round if you were to grab him. Um, I think that he could be just kind of a steady force when you just want kind of a PPR guy in there if you're in a PPR league or just someone that you know is going to be uh, steady and involved in their offense. So those are a couple guys that I'm higher on and lower on than the DLF crew. Um, thank you for listening and giving me some of your feedback would be great. I'd love for you to look at that article on the website and actually give me some of your comments and what you think about these seven players. Um, as always, uh, make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks.com. Um, appreciate you guys giving a listen. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.